Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. This morning on the names of those who have died, my first cousin, Terence, this is the 22nd day of his passing. Terence and I were very close growing up with my first cousin. He's one of 10 children, and for much of my, much of my growing up as a young kid, I was one of the 11th children. And my aunt took good care of me for a number of years. So to Terence, I dedicate this talk. Because of the distance in regulations, uh, and the limitation, the limit of how many people can be in any one space at any time in the United Kingdom too, which is where my family is. Um, the, the memorial service has to be live streamed. It's okay for me. I'm here in the States and no one's expecting me to be there, but he's nine siblings and uh, some of and his nine siblings and their children can't be there. And so it's just his children and their spouses and children. It's a very sad time for a family when we're such a large, a large family to not be able to, to be there. Um, yeah. So in this time of COVID, there are so many stories like this. It's just not my story. Many, many stories of uh, such heartbreak and sadness in families. During this time of COVID, in spite of so much sadness, we've also witnessed or heard of these wonderful acts of kindness. People going out of their way to help their neighbors, especially the frontline health workers, EMS workers, firemen, all across the spectrum, so much kindness and uh, willingness to be there for others is uh, showing. With the rising numbers of uh, food insecurity, we've seen neighbors uh, checking in on other, uh, particularly in our neighborhood anyway, checking in on their neighbors to make sure they have enough food, especially the, um, the elderly who are unable to get out and maybe can't afford Fresh Direct or Whole Foods delivery. So just checking in on them, making sure that they have enough food. And, uh, these food uh, counters or tables being set up on corners, handing out food in different neighborhoods in the city. It's really heartwarming to see this kind of thing happening in a heartbreaking situation. 
these random acts of kindness that we haven't seen in our memory anyway. This morning I want to speak on um, the first of the six parameters, dana, which is generosity. The parameters come. The word. The parameters come from the translation in uh, Sanskrit, and the first one is dana. So over the next weeks, I'll speak on the six, the six parameters. Being dana, sila, which is uh, morality, kashanti, which is the parameter of patience, uh, virya, which is energy and um, prajna, wisdom. Each day when we uh, chant the Hatsutra, Prajna Paramita Hatsutra, we uh, talk about this wisdom. But we'll talk about more about that in, uh, in the sixth precept. Prajna Paramita. Let me drink some water. I feel like my... Can you hear me okay? Sojin well, Mel Weitzman, who was also on our sit list at this time, um, an old Roshi now. He's been on the sit list for a while, so we think of him every Sunday. Says this of Dana. Dana means generosity in all of its aspects. Pure dana is giving beyond any special purpose or attachment. Giving for the sake of giving itself. And it includes not just material gifts. Sometimes we offer a material gift to curry favor. We donate money or give someone a present and we look for the feedback. Can you put my name on a plaque? Put my name on those park benches? program, you know, can you just let people know that I've given, you know, a hundred thousand or a million or whatever it is. I just need everyone to know that, um, which is not a bad thing. You know, it's great that someone can give a million, hundred thousand, fifty thousand. And yet there's a, in which spirit is it given? Right? And it's nothing wrong with having your name on a building or on a park bench, but how do we do that? How is that approached? Here's the money, here's the check. I don't need anything for it. And maybe the, uh, the uh, director of the Met says, you know what, we'd like to show our gratitude by offering you. Okay, thank you, I can receive that gift. Or thank you for the offer, but it's okay. So it's the, the spirit in which anything is given or received. There are many levels of generosity. Pure generosity is simply giving and forgetting. I love that. Pure generosity is simply giving and forgetting. Forgetting why you give it. Just give it. I mentioned in a previous talk, this person I'm visiting now twice a week on Zoom. She has an incurable cancer, and uh, 
we've been meeting now for a few weeks and we're learning a lot about each other. It's so, it's so uncanny. You know, they say you always uh, meet the person that you're supposed to meet on the way, the teacher. And mm -hmm. she is becoming this really, uh, she's becoming really precious to me. She's in her seventies and uh, she lives out of the city. And um, it's kind of like Tuesday, Wednesdays and Fridays with Maury, you know, we sit or like at the kitchen table sitting, you know, kids sitting and having tea and just yakking away. And uh, it's just a, if you were to check in or walk into the room, it's just a very normal, everyday, lighthearted conversations. And, uh, and she's dying. You know, she has a few months, maybe a year left, but um, she's just so sparkly. And she always says, good morning, Chowdo, how are you? I was so looking forward to seeing you this morning. Um, so um, after, one, after one of our meditations one morning, I asked if she would like to read some poetry. And she's like, oh yeah, I love poetry. And so the first one I read was Stanley Kuhn's, uh, The Layers. And she's like, oh my God, that's my favorite Stanley poem. Wow. So I said, all right. Um, so she's the, she read Marie Howe, What the Living Girl. I'm like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite poems. So we've been back and forth, back and forth. And now we're in this competition to see with who can uh, read a poem that the other hasn't heard of. It's so, and she's so excited. She, you know, she's like, in the mornings, I really connect to just. Jodo, I have some poems and I can't wait to read them to you. And if you like, I'll send them to you. I'll put them in the mail. <laughs> I said, you don't have to put them in the mail. We can figure this out. But she said, I can't wait to read you these poems. And um, so we met again on uh, yesterday, actually. And uh, she had two or three poems, which, you know, there's Tony Hoagland, another poet that I really love. A couple of, you know, of his darker poems. I was really shocked when she read them. And she reads beautifully. She reads beautifully. So. But I'd heard them. And uh, she's like, okay, here's one that you haven't heard. And it's by uh, Anna Akhmatova, Anna one of the, the most well-known Russian poets. And she said, I have this poem for you. And uh, she read this poem, she says, gotcha. So I reached above my computer and I pulled this book down and I showed her on the screen. And it's a collection of poems by Anna Akhmatova. And I said, and not only do I have this collection of poems, I'll call her Jenny. Not only do I have this collection of poems, Jenny, it was translated and curated by Stanley Kunitz and we share the same birthday. And she's like, are you kidding me? So me and Anna Amaktova share the same birthday. She's like, all right, I can't deal. Next week, so this weekend, I'm gonna go through all my poems and find out the most, find the, the oldest and the most of choose poems, and then we'll see where you are. So she's like, talk about generous. You know, this giving of who she is, her love of poetry. She was a, a ballet dancer. She. Um, was in the arts, so she's just just one of those people that you wish you had known 50 years ago, 60 years ago, that you've known all your life, because she's just so uh, in her body, in her heart, who she is, 100% who she is, and she gives that generously.
And she's asking for nothing in return, except a poem. And she could be asking for so much more. I mean, she's been given this prognosis of a few months uh, or a year at most. She's living every day in the experience of being in her body. Some days the experience is okay, lively, going for walks, sitting on the porch. And other days she's experiencing nausea, vomiting, poops. And yet, whenever I see her, she's like, it's what I got. It's what I got today. How many of us could be so generous? How many of us could say, you know what? This is what I got. And I'm just so incredibly happy to be alive today. How many of us could do that? There aren't many people I know that would be so appreciative of the gift that they are receiving this gift of life. The generosity of her words, and she's invited us out, she's invited Kaisha, Kosha and I out to a house to sit on the porch and read poetry to each other. I'll come and get you at the train, she said. Can you imagine this woman? I will come and fetch you from the train station. Nausea or not, poops or not, I'll come and fetch you from the train station. We'll sit and we'll have tea and we'll read poetry to each other. And she's like this, I would love that more than anything. It's just, wow. What a gift she's giving me, this invitation to sit with her on the porch and read poetry. So beautiful. You know, talking about generosity easy is easy. And yet the practice is to be truly willing to throw ourselves into the flow of generosity. We could talk about it till the cows come home. But how do we actually walk the talk? How many of us are really aware of what's going on in our neighborhoods? Or you're oblivious to everyone else's plight? I'm sure no one in this room is. I'm sure we're all doing what we can. But you know, we're a group of people that are working towards enlightenment, maybe. We're enlightening beings, hopefully, we're all that. We're all bodhisattvas in this world. And so we're aware of what needs to be done, moment by moment. And the smallest acts of generosity, just smiling at someone, saying hi. You know, we talk about this all the time, you know, or I do, going to Starbucks and saying hi to the barista, and really seeing the person in front of you. This is an act of generosity, seeing 
what's right there, right in front of you. Receiving the touch of a handshake or a hug. Generosity of the other, the generosity of me being able to receive that. Even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't want you hugging me, to be able to receive that, to be able to find the generosity to say thank you. It's not about me in that moment. And actually, it's not about you. It's just about this moment. This beautiful act between us, giving and receiving. Many, many moments of that giving and receiving. I was thinking of the meditation that we were off with the other week on Commit to Sit. Isho Fujita gave a beautiful meditation on giving and receiving. And he talked about how we give the gift of our body to the cushion. We sit on the cushion, our body pushing down into the cushion or the chair, giving the gift of our body and receiving the gift of support from the cushion. How would it be if we could see everything as a gift? Yeah. Cup of tea. Even if we've made it ourselves, when we think of the 72 labors, right? 72 labors brought us this food. You know, when we think of everything as a gift, how do we receive it? about the generosity of whoever is making this Zoom available to us this morning, this bloody thing that I'm still trying to work out. Um, the monitor. I said the host will let you in soon. Wow. The host will let you in. What a beautiful word that is, host. You're invited in to be the guest. And they do that whole thing with the breakout rooms and it's an act of generosity, just being willing to show up and to let all of you into his room in those moments. You know, the host, it's his room. And then we get to share all this. The gift of you all sitting zazen. Right? Because sitting zazen is not just about you. You're sitting for everyone. You're sitting for the entire universe. Well, at least that's what you've been asked to do. That's what the Dharma is asking of you. That's what the teachings are asking of you. To sit not just for you. Not just selfishly for you, but for everyone. That's who we sit for.
seeing all your faces on the screen today. What a gift to me. All the different gifts. The smiley ones. The ones are a little more subdued this morning. So maybe a couple of folks who are not feeling so great this morning. Pensive. And those that I can't see. How are they feeling this morning? For whatever reason, their faces are not on the screen. But how do we receive the gift of that? Maybe there's a reason why. I don't need to jump to any conclusions. The gift of just being able to sit here and not get caught up in. I can't believe they're not showing me their face. Oh, they're not even listening to me. They're somewhere else. Doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> the Dharma body is given freely. The Dharma body, the whole universe, given freely. The, the little bit of sky and sunlight I can see out of our window between the two concrete buildings. I, I know, or I think anyway, that outside of that building is a huge, vast blue sky. Just being blue skyness. What a gift. Walking down Broadway yesterday, smell of food, scent of flowers, all just given freely, expecting nothing in return, maybe a smile. Wow. Look at those beautiful flowers. Almost at the end of their term, their cycle. Wow. gift of pure beauty. I spoke about the morning doves on our windowsill. Mom laid two eggs there, I don't know, six, eight weeks, however long the gestation period is, and those eggs and the two little chicks finally hatching. And every morning, brushing Boychik and Bodhi out of the way, yeah, through the curtains and the barricade we built so they couldn't get to them. Um, seeing these little chicks and they grow so quickly. I don't know if any of you have ever taken care of or witnessed, but just suddenly they have feathers and wings and mom disappears and brings them food in them this morning. Look out of the window and they're both gone. Actually one went yesterday and the other one went this morning. What an amazing gift for me. And in fact, to, to the boys, to the kitty cats. A gift of curiosity. So beautiful. It's kind of just opened my heart this morning to see nature just doing its thing on our windowsill on 107th Street, facing the back of 
another building that fire escapes with these two morning doves beginning their life right there. A generous act of their mom to lay her eggs in our planter on our windowsill on 107th Street. If anyone has a poem about that, I can read to Jenny, email it to me. I think there is a poem there somewhere. Mary Oliver uh, speaks of uh, this generosity in one of her poems, uh, Roses Late Summer. For those of you who don't know it, read it. But there's a couple of lines in the poem that really speak to me, actually whenever I read this poem. And over one more set of hills along the sea, the last roses have opened their factories of sweetness and they're giving it back to the world. Roses have opened their factories of sweetness and they're giving it back to the world. Again, this act of generosity, just giving it back to the world. Not giving it to the world, giving it back to the world. Think about those two lines. Think about reading that poem, Roses Late Summer. So there's so much to say about generosity, so much to do, so much to think about. So I want to say thank you to you all this morning for being here, for listening, for giving me your attention. I'm going to end with a poem by Anna Mantilla for you for Jenny, and for John Lewis on this 49th day of his passing. We thought we were beggars. We thought we had nothing at all. But then when we started to lose one thing after another, each day became a memorial day. And then we made songs of great divine generosity and of our former riches.